You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, welcome along to this uh, very, very special Rangers Rabble podcast. Um, all being well, it will come to you on the day of Alan McGregor's testimonial against Newcastle on Tuesday, July the 18th, 2023. Uh, and it's a pod all about the man himself, Mr Alan McGregor. So hopefully over the course of this recording, I'll have a number of the podders um, and, and, cont- and contributors to the Rabble coming on board with their 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 memories of, of Alan James McGregor, who was born on, on January the 31st in 1982, so making him 41 years old, but we all know that. Yeah, West Rangers in the summer, after a stellar career of 503 appearances, give or take, I mean, depends where you look, it's all different, but we reckon it's, it's probably about 503. Uh, five league titles, one League Cup win, Four Scottish Cups, which is a wee bit cheeky because he only actually played in one of them and he only played for two minutes um, against Hearts, but he was on the bench for the rest of them, so they count. Um, obviously, he came through the Rangers youth system. Uh, a couple of spells on loan at Dunfermline and St Johnston. Left us in 2012 when we had all those issues, um, which I'll probably touch on later because I've, at the time, well, let's not rewrite history, I had, I had problems with that at the time. Stuart, you would have been about at the time, not Lewis, not you, not so much because you're a bit younger. 2012, Alan McGregor left. Um, what did you think of Alan McGregor in 2012? Um, to be honest, Wilf, I didn't have a massive issue with players at the peak of their careers not wanting to go to the to the third division. I think some players handled it better than others. Some handled it worse than others. I think McGregor was somewhere in in the middle uh, in that. You know, uh, he wasn't holding press conferences or anything like that to you know kind of stick the boot in even more. Um, you know, 
but uh, look, I, I like I say, I, I didn't have a massive issue with it. It, it, it was a big ask of players to, uh, you know, go down those divisions, particularly at the time where you know you're you're maybe international aspirations, etc. And let's let's be honest, the circumstances allowed clubs to come in for him um, and offer offer him a lot of money uh, because they weren't having to pay. Uh, a transfer fee for him at, at the time, so um, yeah, look, it, it, that wasn't an easy period for for any of us as Rangers fans to go go through that. So I can understand why some people might have, you know, maybe hold a slight grudge in, in, in those. But to me, I, I could understand his reasons, and like I say, I, th- I think in terms of how he handled it, he was somewhere in the middle. There were there was ones that did far worse to us, and people like Stephen Davis, maybe who you know absolutely held out to make sure that we got some money. Now, in the long run, actually, was that worth it? Because did Rangers ever see any of that money or did it just go into the back pockets of um, of, of, of scumbags? Probably the, the latter. But um, So, no, I, I don't personally hold that uh, against him. And I, I think the majority of Rangers fans probably don't, Wilf, because I think his reception when he came back, you know, when, yeah. when he, he signed, when Gerrard brought him back, I think... I think you could see, um, you know, the the the, the regard that the, the vast majority of Rangers fans still felt for him at, at that time. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you almost 100%. I mean, as I say, at the time, the way that he left, you know, not getting the club money when Stephen Davis held out to get his money. With hindsight, that's probably why he got the reception when he came back in 2018. Because with mm. hindsight, as you say, we didn't, Rangers didn't get the money. You know, I had no grouse at all with any of these players leaving because you can't expect international football players to play in the fourth tier in Scottish football. You just can't you just can't expect that. I mean Lee Wallace did, which I'll be forever thankful for. Yeah. But you know, like you see, Stephen Davis held out to make sure we got money, but ultimately we didn't get money. So with hindsight, yeah, don't hold it. But at the at the time I was more than a little bit angry with Alan McGregor, because I've got to be honest about it. Because, you know, he left. I didn't have a problem with him leaving. It's the fact that he left and we didn't get any money for him. But as you say, he wasn't having press conferences uh, because that's that's two players. I'm not even going to mention their names, but I wouldn't welcome them back. You know, no, exactly. All, ever, yeah. Because of yeah. because of the way they left. So no, you're right. You're right. We can't blame him for the game. And obviously he left. Bizarrely went to Besiktas, Lewis. I don't know how you were still, you were still quite young at that time. Um, but Scotland international goalkeeper disappearing to Besiktas. I, look, as you say, Wolf, it's, it's difficult for myself because I was probably just a wee bit too young. I would have been about 11 or 12 at that point, so that was maybe just when I was starting to get properly interested um, on Nolan Accord with Rangers. So I would say my interest probably started running about when we were in the third division. Um, so my opinions on like any of the players leaving in that, it's, it's an outside opinion because it's just me looking back and I wasn't aware of it fully when it was happening. I would probably yeah. be on the side that, again, you can't blame international level footballers for not wanting to play at that level, um, no matter how much love or affirmation they've got for the club. But as you say, I, I was a bit shocked that he ended up going to Besiktas because I, I, I did mention that if Alan McGregor had maybe made a bit more uh, decisions with a, a wise head on, um, I think he could have achieved a bit more in his career. I think he was more than capable of being like a, at least a mid-table to eight to ten Premier League level goalkeeper, um, so it was a bit um, 
confusing when he went to Besiktas, but I don't really know the ins and outs. Was it maybe because he finances? I'd imagine. Yeah, I think probably it probably was because um, you know the Turks were throwing were throwing money at it at the time. But the strange thing he was only there for a season, wasn't he? I think it was only one yeah, year. Yeah, signed a two year, signed a two year deal, stayed for a year. Strange thing is there was, there was other players that had gone to Turkey about that time and came back after a very short period of time, saying Aye. we're not getting paid. So that's right. why I was very very surprised that he went. You know, mm-hmm. Stuart will remember that. Obviously, you were probably a bit young, but you know, guys like uh, well, Kyle Lafferty went over, went over there. And, Came back with, you know, I'm not getting paid, so he didn't, didn't stay. You know, it was loads. Yeah, of Boyd and Miller, Boyd and Miller both did it as well, didn't they? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. promises of, of, of huge amounts of money that just never materialised. And I think Boyd actually had to take, no, I think it was either UEFA or FIFA he, he, he took his club to because, uh, you know, they, they were just withholding his, his wages and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I was, I was as, as well, you know, it, it was always kind of that rumours that, you know, that. Turkey, these Turkish clubs promised a lot, but then actually never really came through with, with it. So it was surprising. Um, and as Lewis said, it was it was more surprising actually. We don't know that. There may well have been interest from from down south, and he's he's maybe made that decision. But um, yeah, it was it's you know he was certainly approaching kind of peak Alan McGregor at, at that point. Um, we've seen flashes of that later on. So yeah, maybe surprising that he didn't find himself down south uh, earlier than he did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, after he came back from Besiktas, he joined Hull City for five years and he had a, a year out alone at Cardiff, not long before he came back to us. Um, and as, as Lewis said, Stuart, you know, probably if he hadn't made the decision to go to Besiktas, he probably would have come back to be playing at a higher level than Hull City. Yeah, I mean, again, Hull, Hull were one of these kind of strange teams at that point, you know, who managed to get into the Premiership. There was They were you know, spending a, a, a bit of cash at the time, but then became a bit of a, a, a kind of joke club, you know, going through managers, you know, on a, on a regular basis, fans falling out with owners, and, you know, things like changing the club crest and all that, you know, it was just one of these, a, a club that, you know, got to a, a a very very decent level, but then just fell off fell off a cliff. I I, I get the sense though, McGregor did enjoy his, his time there. You know, that's that's a, that's a lengthy period of time to for for players to spend at a club these days. You know, you don't get that that loyalty so uh, that often. So um, I do sense that he probably enjoyed that, and I always remember watching it that you you got a sense as well from the Hull fans that they really took to him. Uh, as as their goalkeeper, I think he made a a, a very decent impact uh, on them down there, and he was he was highly thought of. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Lewis. Slightly surprised that you know it was maybe not a, not that he played in the Premiership, but maybe the, uh, not a, a slightly higher caliber of club than than Hull. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then obviously, as you say, he went he went to Cardiff on loan, left left Hull on in twenty eighteen. Lewis came back to us. Now you'd have been you'd have been more aware of Alan McGregor when he came back to us in 2018 because you would have been out of nappies at that point. Um, <laughs> your, short, your short your short trousers would, be, would have been packed away. So, what what did you, if you can cast your mind back that mm-hmm. five years? What did you think when we brought Griggsy back? Um, well, it's funny actually because when he did rejoin, um, me being the the football manager head that I've got on signing a guy at that age, um. And the career that he'd had 
recently, obviously being on loan at Cardiff at, at that age as a goalkeeper, it's never a good sign. And and I was a bit worried that that we weren't going to see the Alan McGregor that we seen the first time. And I was utterly and totally wrong in every sense of the word because I mean the first couple of years under Stephen Gerrard where we were building, I, I really don't think we would have got there as quick with the. Uh, an elite level short stopper like Alan McGregor. I mean, we'll obviously go into the some of the memories I have of him, but one of the games it's just like it's quintessential Alan McGregor. Just any given moment Rangers are not performing, you've still got to pass him. So the other ten players can be underperforming, but he can still get you one or even on some occasions three points in a league game. And that's just a testament to how good their goalkeeper is. I mean, I always state that Amongst some of the best shot stoppers I've ever seen, I think Alan McGregor's in amongst that elite level. He's he just had an act for getting to a football, whether it was his hands, his head, his feet, his arse, anything. Just an unbelievable goalkeeper. Um and I was I was very, very impressed that he was able to come back at that vintage and perform the way he did. Yeah, Stuart, a shot at shot stopping, I mean, just just incredible. I mean, you know, we always say to be goalkeeper at Rangers, you have to have Major, major levels of concentration because you know you're standing, you're standing there counting the counting the crowd for 80, 89 minutes. You've got one thing to do, and you have to do it. And more often than not, Griggsy managed to do it. He did, but he had really good grounding, didn't he? Wolf, you know, somebody like Kloss looking after you as a as a kind of a, a young kid, and obviously he would, you know, he'd have been in and around the club at the time where, um, you know seen Gorums and etc. But I, I know him and Klaus did stri- strike up a, a particularly close kind of bond. So n- no surprise that he was well schooled in the requirements of being a Rangers Rangers goalkeeper. Um he was obviously a fan as well. So would be aware of you know that it's yeah he, he might not be called upon that often but that's what makes you stand out as a Rangers goalkeeper. You know, we're we're about to see Jack Butland start in his Rangers career. Jack Butland has played for teams where he would have been involved in the game far more than he's going to be involved in the vast majority of the games that he's going to be involved with Rangers. How does Jack Butland deal with that? You know, we're all very hopeful that he'll deal with it well, but it's a it is a different skill set that you've got to have. Um, and it shouldn't be underestimated that that concentration. Anybody who goes to games at Ibrooks will see McGregor. He's constantly on the move, constantly stretching, you know, you know, limbering up, keeping himself warmed up. That's what he does. And I think in a way, so that then when he is called upon, it you know he, he's there. That's not. That's not just him doing that just for the sake of it. There, there's reasons why he, he's doing that because he knows that there, there, there could be that point if we're winning 1-0 and there's a couple of minutes to go. You know, it, you get nervy. You know, you, teams sit back and you invite people on and, and we've seen him, you know, win us big, big, big points uh, uh, over over all these years. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute skill set and a mindset that, you know, you need to have to be that Rangers goalkeeper, and he had it in abundance. Yeah, the other thing, Lewis, and all that you would before we we go on and talk about some of his outstanding saves. The other thing that that was very noticeable during that during the time of COVID, when we weren't allowed into stadiums, was how vocal he was. I mean, we always said that you know you could hear him, 
and there was always the you know that Sasa Papach just always got always got the brunt of Alan McGregor. But I mean during the uh, you know the COVID the COVID year COVID season when we didn't have anybody in the ground, every single game all you heard was Alan McGregor shouting at folks. Supposing supposing we were well in well in charge of the game, as Stuart said, it was just his way of keeping concentration. I I think um <laughs> In my peak of watching Rangers, which would be the, the Steven Gerrard era until now, I think leadership was, was a bit of an issue in, in our squad. Um, even our captain, uh, he's always lauded for, for not being the, the most vocal or the most commanding on the pitch. And to have your goalkeeper be that person the majority of the time. And then obviously you did add in, to be fair, Conor Goldson. I think he was another culprit during the COVID era. You heard him screaming quite a lot as well, but it was... It, it's funny, but it's it's also good to know that there's guys in there like like that in the dressing room because you're only going to bring through young players, for example, if they've not got like um, role models to look up to. And whilst I mean, sometimes his leadership or his aggression, should I say, is a bit a detriment to himself because he gets himself in trouble with some his language and that. But I just he's he's a he is a leader. He's definitely a leader, and if he played anywhere else in the pitch, maybe he would have got more recognition for that. And just because he's a goalkeeper, I don't think it's it's highlighted enough. But he was definitely a leader. Obviously, I, I, I didn't get to watch him as a, as a youngster, but speaking to my dad, my dad that did say that that's something that he had for a very young age. So it was always a, a welcoming factor to bring back into the team, and it's another reason why I think that Rangers team achieved so much. Um, early in that that era that they did is having people like Alan McGregor and his vocals there because it's always important to have people like that in a football team. Yeah, without question. I mean, I mean that's probably he's probably one of the main reasons we won we won three in a row around about two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, two thousand and eleven. But then, you know, because with him and with him and the Nets and he just kept the team together and uh, and things like that. So anyway, back to back to Alan's career. Uh, while we'll wait for other people to join us, because I, I believe that one or two are going to be joining us uh, as we go along. Um, obviously, he, he made his debut. Stuart, uh, you'll, you'll remember February two thousand and two in a cup tie against Forfar. He came off the bench to make his debut. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you know, we've how many conversations have we had on on this podcast? Um, various podders, you know about youth systems and, you know, bringing through our own. Um, so I think, you know, seeing a, a young kid um, coming through the ranks, a, a fan as such, you know, it, it was great to, great to see that and getting getting his opportunity. Um, you've then, you know, you're, all, you're still unsure at that point. You know, is this, I don't know if anybody could have absolutely 100% said that, you know, he would go on to have the career he would have and have two spells with us, make that number of many appearances. But there is something special about seeing somebody coming through your ranks, you know, all the way right through and being a fan of the club themselves, making a debut. That's that's the dream that we all would have wanted to have had, you know, if we'd had the ability to do that. So seeing someone else do it, I think that's great. And I still think, you know, that still applies even even now, um, when we get players doing that, so yeah, it's it, it was it was a promising one. I suppose what you were thinking at that point was, well, how does he how does he make that breakthrough? You know, he had top top class goalkeepers um, at that time, and Rangers were still 
spending money <laughs> at that point. So you, you were always just that wee bit of doubt whether or not would he be able to oust them. Um, but yeah, obviously a huge moment for him uh, and his in his family, um, and something I'm sure he was extremely proud of. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Louis, well, uh, Stuart has a good point there, you know. Um, and it's I know it's slightly before your time, but I would imagine you'd have an opinion on it. I mean, in the 2002 to 2003 season, he was an unused sub in every single game, you know. And then um, in 2005, Claus got injured, and he started this. He started the season. He started the season, and then. We brought in Ronald Vatarus and he got dropped to the bench again. But he still he still stuck around and he knew, you know, he he knew that he, when when the, when the first choice keeper came back, he wasn't he wasn't coming back in. But I mean, that's a, that's a mark of the man and how much he, how much he cares for the club that he was quite happy to stick around. I definitely. I mean, in terms of his his mental fortitude to to maybe have that much rejection and still have the desire to stay and hope that he's going to become Rangers number one. I mean, even if you look at the most recent example where Robbie McCrory were hearing reports that, in fairness to him, he wants to go and try his hand somewhere else um, and become number one. But Alan McGregor maybe decided against that, and thank God he did because he's became one or two best goalkeepers ever to play for the football club. And it's a, it's a massive thing that maybe Rangers are starting to realise we don't do enough now is, is bringing through some of our own. I mean, it's how many have came through since him? You're talking probably less than five that have actually made a decent career out of themselves. So it was obviously I wasn't old enough to see it, but as a young Scottish goalkeeper coming through and to end up going on to have the career that he did and know that he came for Rangers and he's a hundred percent Rangers in his heart, it's it's always something that I'll have respect for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Stuart touching on. Touching on young Scottish player coming through, I mean, 42 caps for Scotland, 16 clean sheets. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Scotland fan, but I mean, that's that's decent stats in anybody's language. Yeah, and he, decent stats, and also at a time he's, he's played in some absolutely shocking Scotland teams and, and some poor, poor squads uh, as well. Um, so, Dom's got the sense that he was he was quite proud of of representing his country in it important well for just I wanted to kind of talk about maybe just a wee bit about you know, we'll talk about saves and big moments and stuff like that but maybe aside to McGregor that maybe doesn't get mentioned enough is the the, the mentality of him in terms of what what he's been through. I think people see him as this this character that when he when he very rarely gave an interview, you know, you got the, the three word dancers and even at the end his last ever one, you know uh, what's your what's your plans? Well, I'm going for a shower. You know that that kind of. I think people see that. And what they don't see is clearly a guy who obviously had skills, but was absolutely dedicated to his profession. You don't play to that age, play that number of games if you're not absolutely dedicated to what you do, how you look after yourself, etc. Um, and he has had some setbacks. So I mean, you you talk there about the fact he finally gets his chance, and then we bring in another goalie. You know, Vatarus comes in, so he's had that kind of setback. We then get a new manager comes in, and Le Guin decides, well, no, I want to bring in my own man. So again, he, he might have thought, well, I'm going to get a chance here. It didn't materialise. Quickly, Latisse became a bit of a bomb scare, and then he, he's, he's undroppable. And when you think things about, you know, touched on Scotland there, that whole Scotland fiasco that him and Ferguson got, got themselves involved in, 
Ferguson, by all accounts, was given a warning by David Murray when he was part of Le Guin's downfall. So I have to say, mm -hmm. that's your one goal. Any more nonsense from you, you're out. He then did the Scotland thing, and true to form, he was gone. McGregor would have probably got the same warning when that Scotland thing, but he did that warning. And from then, you didn't really ever really hear of, of anything. So I think there's more to him than just this outstanding shot stopper. I think there is a, a, a an absolutely dedicated professional. And you know, we talked about him having to leave. I think we're, we would probably be looking, if, if 2012 didn't happen, I'm of the opinion that Alan McGregor probably supersedes John Gregg uh, in, the, in the most appearances for, for Rangers. Yeah. I don't think he, he, would have, he would want to have left. He, he was, this was his home. So, uh, so he, he's unfortunate, but I'm so glad he managed to get that chance to come back and pick up more winners' medals. And again, for, for fans... Lewis's age, you know, Roberts just joined us, and you know, you know to, to maybe see him again, you know, the, what a top quality keeper he, he was and how important he was. I just wanted to make that point. I think there's more to Alan McGregor than we than we probably get to witness and see. Um, and I think Michael Beale's past comment before, he was the first in to training every morning. He was there before even the manager. He was in that building going through his routine. And what a way for somebody like a Robbie McCrory. Now, he might go elsewhere, but what a grounding he's gave somebody to say, that's the standards. If you want to make it to the top, that's what you've got to do. You've got to dedicate yourself. Say, these are the, this is what I need to follow to make sure that come 3pm on a Saturday, I'm absolutely at my best so that I can pull off those saves and win Rangers points and win Rangers trophies. Yep. Uh, we've just been joined by Robert and by Stugera. Uh, hi, guys. How are we doing? I know bad. Sorry, I'm late to the party, so I don't know what kind of ground you've got. No, it's okay. Just we haven't. That's the same thing as that. Well, what, what, wait, what sorry, covered? guys. We, we, pur we purposely haven't covered any saves yet. No, um, well, because I, I want to let other boys come on. So, sorry, Robert. Can I just touch on something that, 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 that Stuart mentioned there? I don't know um, how much you remember about the, the March 2009 Boozgate scandal with Scotland. With him and Barry Ferguson that, that Stuart referenced there. Aye, that's the one. Yep. Do you think, do you think, I mean, as, as Stuart said, Barry Ferguson got punted because he was on his final warning. Griggsy got a warning and never stepped out of line again. Do, do, do you think, looking at it, that that might be the one time that McGregor was actually led astray? Because I've got no doubt that Ferguson was the, was the main man behind that. It, it's a difficult one, obviously. You see, led astray. Um, maybe influenced by a player with a little bit more experience at the time. Um, obviously, it's a better a bit... way. Of put, it's a better way of putting it. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> I think like, it's, it, obviously it was high profile as well, which I don't think helps him because there's no doubt about it. When you listen to stories from Miguel's teammates, the guy likes a drink. Um, I don't think that's any any secret. So, um, and I think that that was something that you see. Obviously, don't, you've not covered any saves. I wanted to really talk about. The way he is spoke about as a teammate, you know, everyone sort of holds him in this high regard. As Stuart says, trains well, consummate professional, um, and you don't really hear um, of, of McGregor putting in less than hundred percent, whether that's in, in training or in matches. So he just he demands and drives high standards, which I think is so important. Um, if you're going to be winning trophies, he's really decorated amongst that squad. You, you look at teammates he's had, whether it's Steve Davis 
or some of the you know Andy Halliday, just guys that have come through a long spell um, of Rangers sort of <clears throat> back catalogue of players here. So as, as Stuart touched on, guys like myself at 37 or guys like Lewis in his early 20s will have memories, great memories of Alan McGregor. And the fact that he's mentioned in this great debate about who's the, the best goalkeeper up, up, up alongside Andy Gorham is just testament to how well he's done. I, I dare say when he, well maybe he did, knowing the mentality of the man, but I dare say he would never have thought oh, I'm going to be Regarded as a better goalkeeper than Andy Gorham when he when he first uh, made his debut for Rangers, and here we are. You know, it's a, it's a debate that always comes up when we talk about goalkeepers. So, I'm delighted that he's going to get his, his his testimonial on Tuesday, um, and it'll be a nice farewell. Maybe sort of <clears throat> get rid of that 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 Scottish Cup sort of malarkey. that was you know that I think was that wasn't befitting of of, of a goalkeeper Alan McGregor and what he's done for the club. So it'll be nice for him on Tuesday to get his his moment and. And that'll be that, I suppose. And I know, I know this is about Alan McGregor. I've heard he's talking about McCrory uh, as I came on there. That that seems out the blue to me. I, I, I was having a wee debate with somebody on social media the other day about you know Butland coming up and sh- Butland should be given cup confidence, etc. Robin McCrory's done well in the back back in the season there. He, he obviously learnt a lot for Alan McGregor. I'd like to have thought he'd he'd have stayed and fought it out. I'm, I'm, I'd be disappointed if he does go. Yeah, so Stu, before we um, to bring you in. Before we go on to your your memories of Griggsy and his saves and things like that, do you think do you think that's the end of him? Because he's not said what he's doing. So I'm not saying we'll bring him back as a goalkeeper, but do you think he might he might come back in a coaching capacity or whatever? Anything fairly soon? Oh, it's a tough one. Do you know what? He strikes me. The first thing that strikes me about Adam Gregor is he's. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't go back into football into coaching roles. Um, I could see him being the type of guy that enjoys his retirement and comes back for games maybe and, and does the, the meet and greets and stuff like that, but maybe not a, a coaching role. That's and he's got all the experience to do it. Um, you know, what what better person could you want to, to teach goalkeepers than, you know, one of the two top goalkeepers we've we've ever possessed. And and that doesn't get talked about enough. I, I know a lot of people have the Gore and McGregor debate, but when you actually think about the the sheer number of quality goalkeepers we've had over the years, it's it's absolutely outrageous. You know, for yeah. For the early 2000s and that you're, t- you're talking about we had a champions league winning goalkeeper in his prime like in as our number one we had a, a french world cup winning goalkeeper as our number two you know f- throughout these years you, you talk chris woods and th- there's so many keepers that have, have been at rangers that have just been top top class and, and alan mcgregor has spoke about obviously alongside andy gorham as, as the best ever and and that's no sort of <coughs> excuse me that's no mean feat because you know, to, to be the best in class at, at what you're doing is in the position that you can only be one in. Do you know what I mean? You can't, you can't really centre backs. You can have two, and and strikers you can have two or three that, that are going to rotate out your goalkeeper. You don't really rotate him out. Maybe cup games every now and then. He has to be that number one, and he has that thing which I've mentioned on pods plenty of times before. That the thing that separates top top quality goalkeepers from from just other goalkeepers that can make loads of saves is concentration because you cannot go to top clubs and and just be a keeper that is a shot stopper you can't do it because you you won't have to face six seven eight nine ten shots a game you have to face one and you have to save that shot and Adam McGregor proved time and time again he can have nothing to do and then come up with an absolute world-class save out of nowhere and not a lot of keepers you know we talk about so many good goalkeepers that play all over the world and in all the top leagues that are playing at the lower down clubs that are making top top saves week in week out but if you put them in a in a big club like rangers or, or you put them up the leagues in, in their own country they wouldn't be able to do it after them because it's it's a completely different kettle of fish 
um, when you're playing at the top level for a top club in front of you know 50,000 fans for Rangers, but however many fans. And, and McGregor's always been able to do that. And not to mention his sort of, yeah, I, don't, I didn't want to really touch on the sales because obviously you, you might be saving them for a couple of the other guys coming on later. But but if we if we just touch on his sort of knack for saving penalties over the years, it, I've never known another keeper that could save penalties like Alan McGregor. It, I was always sort of, you know, you go you, if you get a penalty against you, it feels like you know, we're, we're going to concede a goal here. But with McGregor, I always sort of felt we were 60-40 going to save it. Do you know what I mean? Like, he just had that aura about him and goal and, and the timing of the penalties. You know, the Red Star Belgrade penalty saves, which was a huge moment in that game. You go further back, the Celtic penalty from Samaras that pretty much won us the league that season. There's there's was so many, and I always just always felt confident with, with him and goal. And, and obviously, a, a more recent Celtic one as well, where, where they get that sort of dodgy penalty and, and then... Um, is the one Willie Collum just point? He's, he couldn't wait to point to the spot. I think it was Katic or someone like that to give it away, and uh, McGregor saved that one as well. He, he was just, he, he's going to be someone that, as good as Butland is, and I'm really excited for Butland. It's massive shoes to fill, and, and and I hope that Butland can step up to it because it's easy for for that sort of position to pass someone by just because of the sheer, you know, aura of a man that's that's left that role, and and, and now you've got to come in and, and take over. I think you've been reading my notes because every save you mentioned there, I've got written down here. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> so anyway, I was going to go to Scott Curtis to, to pick up on the uh, on the, the the memories of McGregor saves. We've just been joined by Brian, and I know Brian's um, taking time out of work to join us. So Brian, your uh, your memory your memories. Give us a couple of your memorable saves from Alan McGregor. Well, which ones can you start? Start. I mean, the one the one for me that always sticks out is the. Um, recently was the one at home to Celtic where he got like a fingernail to it. And, you know, it, I think he actually was trying to claim it. He didn't touch it and it hit the post and went by. And, you know, he was, he, he was just, a, he was, it was almost like the classic big game player where you knew, I think as, as Stu just said there, you know, he was going to come up with things and you knew he was going to save you so many points a season. Um, and that one against Celtic, as I say, the one that skiffed by the... He, he was trying... He had the cheek to try and claim that he actually didn't touch it and it hit the post, you know. But, you know, his berating of the defenders, he just would not... I mean, there was a game against Hamilton, I remember, he let in a goal and he just let he just let rip at the defence. And, you know, he just didn't stand for any nonsense. And it was that sort of desire and the sort of... The want to not even... Even if the team was 5-6-0 up, he didn't want to concede a goal and he was just hell-bent on not happening. So it was just that sort of desire to win Will and he, he's, he was just such a big game player. Yeah, he, cert he certainly was. So, go on, before you have to go back and do what you need to do, go and give us another 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 big save from, from Griggsy. Obviously, that save from Griffiths was someone else. Most memorable because, as you say, he tried to say, no, ref, I didn't get a touch on that. Whereas any other goalkeeper would be going, look at the save I've just made. Look how good yeah. I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, another one that springs to mind is the the old Samaras penalty. Um, you know that that was a big, massive sort of moment in the league as well. Um, and I think as Stu said, you know, it, it, when when McGregor faced a penalty, you always you, you almost gave him the sort of a, you know sixty forty against you know in his favour because he was so good at penalties. He's one of the he's probably the one of the best goalkeepers I've ever seen like confidence wise and actually you know I, I can't remember what his save ratio is but it's, it's 
I would, my match is very good. Um, and that penalty save against Samaras, it was just phenomenal. I mean, that, that wasn't even a penalty anyway, but um, yeah, that was a, a marvellous save, you know, and it was just one of those ones you knew he was going to save, but uh, he died, I think he dove to his left. So yeah, it was a great save and, you know, that was a massive moment in the league. Yeah, Scott Kerry, when he, he dives to his left, he also dives to his right, and we won't, uh, we won't see what else he does. Um, so, thanks thanks to Scott for, jo for joining us as well. Um, your memories of Mr McGregor? Just been safe, Wolf. Every game he went to found in the goals, you were always calling people want to get something for the game. Because you knew he was behind our defence, and the defence heard them. Uh, we heard them, but you knew he was always pulling off the saves. His reactions were amazing at times, and especially short stopping, but Close in, I mean, the, the head of the Samaras, close in. I think it was at Ibrox, they, they pulled off the save, and I think you've done similar and against Murray like, in the third part. But some of the saves have pulled off at Pencastle, I mean, watch them there. And even up at Petaudry, some of the saves have pulled off up there. You were always you were always rallying in goals. Rangers went to away grounds, some of the times were under the cost, but you were always confident they were only going to concede just because the goalkeeper. Even, you know, I was fortunate enough, like Stuart said, to come to him. You know, I remember big Peter McCoy when I started going and then we had other guys and Chris Woods came into the frame and Chris, well, I think he got the, I think it was a record at the time, how many uh, clean sheets he had in a row and you thought, how are we going to replace him? And then Andy Gorham appeared in and then obviously we went through Stephen Kloss and but Al McGregor came in after been out and won a few teams came in and he made the spot his own. At the time I think we were looking for our keepers but Alan made the spot his own and Obviously, left us through circumstances when he, he came back. When he came back, he's probably one of Stephen Gerrard's best signings. Bringing Alan back, and he was just—he's just that good. Both he's a perfect, total professional. He doesn't—he's he, not getting arrogance about him because he knows that's his job. As you can hear him saying, "I just, oh, I just dive to the left and I save it or whatever." He doesn't make any bones about it. And, but you're always confident with him in goals, no matter how we play. It just makes you feel safe. And how many points he saved as a season is phenomenal. Him, him and Gorham, but you talk about Andy Gorham, but McGregor deserves to be in that conversation now just because of what he's done over the years. He's been with us the two spells. He's just a goalkeeper you can't ever get, and he'll always be a legend at the club. Yeah, he does deserve to be in that conversation, but it's not a conversation we're having today because that's no. this is all about Alan McGregor, not the debate about who's the best. Yeah, so, as you say, right. as you say, Scott, he became a regular 2006, he became a regular after Letizia dropped the ball one, once too often. Yep. So, being being of a similar age to myself, you'll remember the uh, the European game against Hapoel Tel Aviv when Mr McGregor received his red card. Briefly, well, I'm not as good a memory as you. <laughs> I, I don't remember things unless I can look back now, but I remember a lot of games he's played, but you can obviously go over that with me because I can remember the game, I can't actually remember what happened. Right, Brian, you're probably you're similar age. Do you remember when you set up against against Hapoel Tel Aviv for allegedly headbutting a striker after he scored? That that's escaped me. I can't remember that. To be <laughs> fair, I didn't remember either. I was having a wee look at any of his stats, <laughs> and uh, there's not even any coverage of it. The, the re we scored, and the referee turned around and sent him off because he reckons he headbutted one of the Hapoel players, but the TV cameras didn't pick it up, and that was one of only two red cards that Alan McGregor ever got for Rangers. And Stuart's about to tell me the other red card that he got. Because you'll remember that. The, the other red card, was that not against Hearts more recently? Was yes, that, or was that a red? That, 
or Hibs was it? Yeah, that's yeah, right, okay. And then did they not get a retrospective for just absolutely crazily kicking somebody in the back recently? Or I don't know, was that was that? Oh, got, get... I think he, he, got that sent, was he, got sent, he got sent off for kicking the Hibs player in the back. Right, yeah. Because I think am I right, Brian? He came into the, the dressing room protesting his innocence, and then it was on Sky Sports News, and they all went. I don't know what you're talking about. You kicked the guy in the back. Yeah. But did he not do something similar up at the Todry where he, you know, he, he lunged with his foot and kicked the boy in the back? Yeah, Chris, Chris McGuire, he got, he got one match. He didn't get sent off, but he got a retrospective oh. ban for, for the but that, kicking out of Chris McGuire. But that was back in 2010. Yeah. But, but did, yeah. Then, did that not then lead to him asking... Because there was obviously a huge kind of social media outrage and pressure get built, and you ended up getting a ban. And I think McGregor behind the scenes kind of started to ask, "Well, what's how do you contact this compliance officer?" And what he then did is he just watched the highlights of every every other Premiership game for from then on till the end of the season, and just bombarded the compliance officer saying. Well, that's got to be a retrospective ban then, because that's what you've done to me. To I think the extent that the the the, the compliance officer on the SPFL had to contact Rangers to say, "Would you please ask Alan McGregor to stop messaging us when he's when he's watching sports scene overnight?" But you know, that's the sort of character he was, wasn't it? Because he he, I, I think he, deep down he knows he probably did wrong, but he hated when he felt there was an injustice. Do you remember a game at Petodre? Where you know he's he's ran from his goal, and I think this was during COVID times, and where you could hear quite clearly on the mic him asking, "Where's your consistency? I've been done for something similar. He's just done that there. Where's the consistency?" Um, and that's the again, look, that's a winning mentality, isn't it? You know, people do it in different ways. That was the way that he, he what he brought to him. He was very vocal. Sometimes I wish your captain was a bit more in the referee's ear, but you knew you had McGregor who would be do, would be doing that. And even that last game against Hearts, he got booked. <laughs> he got booked in an absolutely meaningless game because he had a go at the ref because he was appalled at one of their decisions. But he, he just couldn't change. Yeah, Lewis, the other things he, he always tended to get, book, get, up, get a lot of bookings for was... Um... Running the clock down, shall we say? I don't like using time wasting, but running the clock down, and I don't think there was anybody better at it. No, I think it's safe to say he was definitely a, a master at time wasting. Um, and it's actually it's quite a, a rare skill for a goalkeeper to have nowadays. You see a lot of goalkeepers getting a bit nervy and a bit panicky as the game um, goes into the dying minutes, and they're they're even just giving a pass, and the, the closest defender's about 20 metres away, and they somehow still deck it out of their own feet. Um, but Alan McGregor certainly wasn't that. And just to touch on something similar like this, I remember the Partick Thistle game, the whole debacle with, with Malik Tillman scoring that goal, and and then the Partick Thistle were, were given a goal, and, and even then, the, Alan McGregor was still struggling. It's so difficult. You can see the strain in his eyes and the hurt in his heart that he had to let this this goal go in the back of the net. And that's just, again, a testament to the type of goalkeeper he is. I mean, you talk about strikers that love to score goals. Alan McGregor was that for, for the opposite. He, he just loved to save goals, and any time he's seen a goal go past him in the back of the net, I think it, it caused him a, a large portion of depression. <laughs> Yeah, I think it. I think it did, Brian. I mean, that part, that part. Because well, I actually thought he was going to stop the guy from putting it in the net, which would have gone against everything the manager had said for him to do. 
Yeah, I mean, as, as Lewis was just saying, that was you could just see the you could you almost see the the veins in his neck bulging because he was so hacked off for having to let that happen. But yeah, as the guy says, you know, it's he just was so determined not to let a goal in. Didn't matter what the scoreline was. Um, and the other one I remember, he was up. I think it was up at Petodre where the the big striker clattered into the one of the uh, I think it was the fullback, and you could hear McGregor audibly saying. You know, in a polite way, what on earth do you think? You know, that boy's that boy's just assault. That's assault, you know. And he was going at the referee because he thought it was a red card. And I think the boy Curtis Main only got a yellow that that day. And he absolutely flattened the fullback. And McGregor was just like, you know, in a, as I say, a polite way. You know, how's that not a red? And a few other expletives were coming out as well. But um, yeah, he wasn't shy, and and the referees must have just sort of cringed whenever they made a decision near him or against him or, or against the Rangers' defence because they knew they were going to get an earful from him. Yeah. Stuart, if we go back to some, some, of, some of his moments, we go back to 2008, see it would be a bit of a um, a colourful year for Alan, shall we say, because he had that save in Bremen that everybody talks about, which is probably the best save I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that was, I mean, that, that's, for me, that's up there with Gorham's save from, uh, from Van Hoydonk. You know what I mean? Okay, that was, that was point blank, Gorham and Van Hoydonk, but that, that Werder Bremen thing was it was in it was in all day long and for some somehow Griggsy managed to get a hand on it. I mean, he kept us in Europe single handedly that night. He did. Um right, it's, it's a wonder save. I think actually he bettered it. Um and he's in his second spell. I think his save in Prague is is up yeah. there is probably the best save I've ever seen. Um actually get I mean the 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 reaction actually on both occasions to those saves is almost this kind of silence or kind of disbelief about what's happening. Why is the ball not in the net? What, how's that? How's he managed to do that? Um, 2008, I mean, I think you touched, I mean, he, he had penalty shootout after penalty shootout, you know, that Rangers seemed to go through throughout that season. It wasn't just that that save, um, but yeah, I mean, it, that, it, it's an iconic Rangers moment, isn't it? I think if you talk about Rangers goalkeepers and great goalkeeping saves, Werder Bremen will always be up there now. Uh, as is as, as, as one of the first things that the that, that fans think think about, and it's and it's his understated way of of dealing with it. You know, it was it was just back to um, you know wanting to. Right, we need to go on with the game. There's no, don't I don't want any plaudits or anything like that. Just, just let's go on with it. So yeah, I up until that point, I would say yeah, that's the closest I've seen to rival Gorham's against Fine Hoddock. But then I do think the the Prague save was better. That that's the that's the best save I think I've ever seen, uh, and the best certainly the best save I've seen McGregor make. Uh, that was that was outstanding. Yeah, to caveat what I said, it's the best save I've ever seen live. I should have said that because obviously yeah. because of the COVID restrictions and all that, we weren't in Prague. But I mean, that was, and the fact, yeah, James, James has just joined us. James, thanks for jumping on. No bother, um, mate. Alan McGregor saving Prague, James, when he just said all I did was st- stick, out my, stick out my hand and some you save and some you don't. I mean, that's that's, that's just the manners. That's just Alan McGregor. Just says everything about him, doesn't it? It's, for me, the, the, the guy's just an absolute, he was a winner for me. And I think, obviously, when Stephen Gerrard uh, came back into the club, it was a, a great bit of business to bring that man back to the club because it just, we had somebody at the back that we could... 
Sorry, Jim, I think you, you fro- you're frozen by the floor there. Sorry, mate. It's just, um, no, for me, mate, I, I think everything about the guy, but I think the save for me was the one against uh, Lee Griffiths when he tips it onto the post and then gets up and says it was a, a bye kick to us. That was everything about the guy. He just, he was just an absolute born winner for me. Yeah, we mentioned that one just before you come on. Brian, Brian touched on that one. I mean, that was that was that that was some save. I mean, but going back to sorry, Lewis, we're leaving you out of this week because we're going back to his first spell when you were when you when you were just a young lad. So if you've got anything to say, just jump in and let us know. Um, but two, the two thousand and eight old firm game in two thousand and eight, uh, James, when he sh- when he saved the penalty late on, and then that was him out for the season. Yep. Which cost Aye. him his, his place in which cost him his place in the European run to Manchester. I mean, yep. again, that sums a man up because a lot of lesser players would have gone, look, I'm injured, get me out of here. But because he stayed on, made that save, that was the season finished. Yeah, it was no, it was a time, and then his other save for Samaras for me and all. Um the save at one is a league that year for me. Um McGregor doesn't make that save, Rangers don't go to win the league, I don't think, because obviously I think Celtic went away would have went a couple of points in front of us. Um, I, I don't think they would have Slapped up, but that save um, for Samaras was just an absolute belter for me. Um, and as I said, we went on to win the league. Yeah, we did. I mean, that was that's that. I mean, that just about sums about sums the man up. You know, I mean, just I mean, just fantastic. I mean, there's, there's not enough superlatives to to sum up Alan McGregor. Oh, no, and hold on, no. the boss is coming in. The boss is oh, his internet's probably worse, worse than James's, and James's is in a car. So. I am, mate. I'm, I'm daddy daycare today, mate. So I'm picking my daughter up for uh, McDonald's, mate. She is uh, working, so I'm out doing the taxi servicing. Oh, well, can we have, uh, can we have four, four Big Macs, um, two Chicken Royales, and that's only for Martin. Martin, how are you? He's there, but he's not saying anything. Nope. Okay, right. Lewis, we'll come, we'll come back to you. Uh, we'll bring it a wee bit more up to date with Alan McGregor. Um, we, t- we touched on the on on the save in Prague, but then there was there was the the penalty save against Red Star as well. I think Stuart touched on earlier. I mean, that's again Alan McGregor and penalty kicks. Oh, well, that's that's funny because the three examples that I've noted down, um, the Red Star performance is one of them. Because I don't know if he's able to cash your minds back, but uh, I think it's Alexander Katai was the star man for Red Star, um, and he was only near enough double figures and goal tallies coming into the game. And he scored an absolute worldie that's just unsavable for any goalkeeper. And he actually scored another. And both of them were ruled out by VAR. So you're thinking he set him up to that penalty spot with a lot of confidence. And many goalkeepers, even the elite, would have a bit of nerves trying to save this penalty. And even the penalty itself was struck very, very, very well into the, the absolute bottom left corner. And Alan McGregor gets to it with one hand. And it's just, it's like, how does your hand no snap off? Like, how, how is your hand still on your arm after that save? And I think we've touched on it as, through it. I mean, the, the, yeah, it probably is the best penalty saver I've ever seen. I can't recall any other goalkeeper in the last 10 to 20 years that is as consistent and as confident at saving a football for a spot kick as Alan McGregor. And that was just another example of his, his penalty saving brilliance. Yeah. Martin, I think you're with you're with us now, Martin. I think um, as a, a former goalkeeper yourself, your thoughts, your memories of Mr. Alan McGregor. Well, I mean, calling me a goalkeeper is going to be a bit far. For, a former fat guy who used to stand in goals and date okay, I think is probably the best the best way to describe me. I mean, Hold on. yeah. What do, you mean, what do you mean? What do you mean former fat guy? 
All right, okay. Current fat guy who was fat when he was a goalkeeper playing in goals. Right, let's change it to that. I mean, I grew up as a as a very very young boy watching Gorham. Um, and I mean very very young. So I've got far better memories um, of Alan McGregor, obviously. And I think the fact that we can even sit here today and mention his name in the same breath as Andy Gorham, I think just speaks volumes as to how good um, Alan was. Obviously, with all the, the nonsense that happened and the players had to leave and, and Alan moved on and done other things with his career before coming back, um, that, that had to happen. Otherwise, he would have stayed at Rangers his full career um, and would have been able to have two testimonials. But, you know, there's probably nothing that I can add that, that everybody has already said. Um, but but just, he was just an absolutely phenomenal goalkeeper. Um, and also, I think there's a little bit of mystique about Alan as well. You know, he's obviously been in the press for a few things over his over his career, but he's a very, very quiet guy. He's not somebody that you hear from. He's not a guy who enjoys um, doing interviews. So Alan McGregor, the man, we don't really know. Um, so we put, obviously, full focus on Alan McGregor, the goalkeeper, and, and by God, well, what an absolutely outstanding goalkeeper the man was. Yeah, indeed. I mean, Stuart, um, Martin touches on there. We, we don't really know the guy, but I mean, he got inducted into the into the Hall of Fame not that long ago, just a few a few short months ago. And the interviews after that was probably the most emotional I've ever seen Alan McGregor, which tells you how much his career at Rangers means to him. Yeah, I, I think everybody was taken aback by just how visibly emotional he was at that, but that's because he's a fan. You know, he's lived the dream, as I said earlier. It's what we would all have loved to have done is pull on that jersey, whether that's a, a an outfield jersey or a goalkeeper jersey. We would have all have loved to, to have done it. He did it. And to then get that honour, to then you know, have your name put on that marble st- staircase for forevermore, the, the magnitude of that, I, I think you... you he knows that and what his family would have felt and stuff like that about it. So, yeah, Martin spot on. You, you don't get to see the the private life of of Alan McGregor. You know, he's he he does tend to shield away from that. But that was just a a a, a glimpse inside that you know he's there isn't always that hard exterior that he gives away and you know those those three word answers that he, that he gives in in press conferences or or whatever or interviews. That, that was a glimpse about the man and, and more importantly, what this football club means to him. And hopefully Tuesday night is a way for the club and us as fans to to show actually what he means to us. Uh, and it'll be, a, it'll be a fitting way for him to kind of bow out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, well, well, sorry, just, just, just to interject for two seconds. There's been a lot of very, very good goalkeepers, obviously, throughout the history of football. And with the very, very good goalkeepers, you can point to maybe one or two moments where they've pulled off, you know, unbelievable saves that they shouldn't be able to pull off. It's only that next level, that world-class level goalkeeper. You know, a couple come to mind, Tafarel for Brazil, you know, uh, Buffon, um, to name a couple, that you can... Think back to four, five, six, seven, eight moments within their career where they've done something that a goalkeeper shouldn't be able to do. And for me, that's why Alan McGregor should be talked about 
um, in the same breadth as, as, as goalkeepers such as the calibre of Buffon's, um, etc. You know, I don't know if you remember years ago that young boy, was it Donnarumma, was coming through AC Milan and he was meant to be the next best thing and his career's kind of stalled or whatever. Um, but the goalkeepers at the top, top level pull off saves more often than not that they shouldn't be able to. And for me, Alan McGregor is in that conversation. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. But I mean, James, I think possibly the reason that Alan McGregor outside of, certainly outside of, outside of Rangers and possibly outside of Scotland won't be considered that top, top level is because he wasn't a regular for Scotland. I mean, he only, he got 42 caps over his what, near 20 year career. You know, I mean, you've got like, you know, you've got guys like, like Taffarel. Taffarel must have had 100 Brazilian caps. You know, you've got guys, you've got Peter Shelton, they got 126 caps. He's, he's classed as a, you know, superstar goalkeeper over the years. I think McGregor in a, on an international front won't be classed, won't be remembered as good as he actually is because his international career wasn't all it should have been. No, it wasn't, but I think for Alan it was just about playing for Rangers. Um, I, it's just one of the things, mate, that I'd, Scotland's a weird, weird country, but for me, 100%, it's... If you see me play for Rangers, mate, you're no... I can go back to John Brown, no, getting games for Scotland at the time when he was playing in the Champions League. And it was just that, I don't know, mate. It's just, I think, in this country, if you play for Rangers, you're not really highly rated uh, within the Scotland setup. But that's just my opinion. But for me, I, I agree with Martin. To mention Alan in the same breath as the goalie, is I've always grew up as nobody could get near Andy Gorham. But no. There's a thing with there to say, right, if, if you're doing your greatest ever Rangers team, there is an argument now that, for me, that's probably the hardest position now to fill in my Rangers greatest ever 11. Yeah, absolutely. I think 100%. he does. I think he does, Well, Sorry, I think he does get into that conversation across Europe. And, you know, playing for Scotland, nobody in that Scotland team gets into any kind of conversation because Scotland have done nothing for the best part of 20, 30 years. But... He didn't just Alan McGregor didn't just make those incredible saves and have incredible performances in Scotland. He recreated that in Europe, and he had some of the best saves I've ever seen while was playing in Europe. And for me, if you're doing that, and whether it's the UEFA Cup or the Champions League, for me, you get looked at better than what you would do if you pulled off those saves for Scotland. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, I think that's probably a good place to leave it. I know we've got. Um, I mean, what to me even just from a podcast point of view, sums up how highly Alan McGregor's thought of over the course of this near hour recording. We've had eight of us on here. We can never get eight guys in one place at one time. Right? And we've also... Uh, by the way, I'm stuff. stuck in a car. I'm stuck in a, a roasting hot car in East Kilbride with absolutely terrible internet. So yeah, that, that goes to show you just how important Alan McGregor was to me. Yeah, and we've also, got, we've also got Ian who sadly couldn't join us, but he has recorded a piece which Martin's going to stick on to the end of this. So I've got no idea what it what it says, but it will be memories of Alan McGregor. So in total, we'll have a nine nine rabble nine rabble contributors, um, all all contributing to this tribute to Alan McGregor, like which which to me is all you need to know about the guy. So before before I bid farewell to these guys, Stuart, thanks for coming on. What's your lasting memory of Alan McGregor? One save that you'll take with you forever about Alan McGregor. Um, that Prague save, that Prague save will will forever be because I, I I still don't know how he how he kept it, and I've just actually just been looking up there, the the opposition manager that night, his words uh, about that save, uh, I think kind of sum it up 
where he says, I don't remember such a genius save. It was outstanding. Um, so I think that that kind of sums it up. And it's been a great opportunity just to be on a pod to just kind of, you know, pay my bit of thanks to to his service and and some of the really special moments that he's given me as a, as a Rangers fan. So I'm really looking forward to Tuesday night. So thanks for inviting me on, Well. No, thanks for coming on, Stuart. Martin, same question to you. You have one lasting memory of Alan McGregor. I don't know, because Werder Bremen is the first thing that jumps into my head. Absolutely. That was one of the most incredible saves I've ever seen. But I, I'm toying with Werder Bremen and the Samaras penalty save, just for the importance of the Samaras penalty save. But I'm going to have to go with, with that save against against Werder Bremen, because, I mean, I... I that's that's one of the only saves I've ever watched, whether it be Rangers or any other team, where I've actually sat back in my seat and went, I've no idea how he done that. Lewis, for you? Uh, well, the two obvious ones have probably been took, so I'll go for the. You can go the same if that's the one that. No, that's right, all right. That's all right. I'll, I'll go for the, the penalty save in 2019 um, at Park and Ryan Christie. Whilst that's maybe no. Um, high up in the level of his quality saves. I think if you look back and try and understand what a moment that was, um, that was, you know, unlike yourselves, beating Celtic at Parkhead was something that I'd only ever seen once in my life before that. And beating Celtic in general was very rare at that time. And that was the first, that that, that was like the pendulum swinging for us to, to go on in 155. Um, and Alan McGregor was at the heart of that just like he has been for any sort of recent success in the last 20 years and he is the greatest of all time for me um, mostly because I was not lucky enough to see Andy Gorham but he's definitely in the conversation Brilliant. Brian who said he could give us five minutes he's been here for about half an hour which I really appreciate I so. uh, No for me it's definitely the, the penalty save against Samaras I mean the importance of that moment um, was huge um, a, a, a superb save and as as Stuart just said earlier, I'm so glad I'm going to on Tuesday night to uh, the game against Newcastle and a, a fitting tribute to the, uh, a game for Alan McGregor. You know, a class team, Newcastle coming up, so uh, their fans will be in good voice. It should so it should be a good night. So yeah, looking forward to Tuesday and give them a great send off. Yeah, and James, the fact that we've sold out a testimonial for a guy in the middle in the, I mean, the middle in the middle of the Glasgow Fair fortnight and during the summer. Says, says it all about Alan McGregor. So you're one lasting memory. You're number one save for Alan McGregor. Well, Brian just stole my thunder there, mate, with Sam Rash penalty. So cheers, Brian. Um, for me, mate, I've got to say the Lee Griffiths just because of it. He touches it on at the post and then he's, he's shouting it's a goal kick. That, for me, was just brilliant for him. So um, that'll be my lasting memory for him. Um, but it will be very, very fit, man, to give the guy a, um, a good send-off on... Tuesday night, so I'll definitely be there myself, mate. So I can't wait, mate, to give the guy a great send off. Brilliant. Once again, thanks to all the guys for coming on. My my last in, my last in memory is going to be has got to be the Werder Bremen save because I was lucky enough to be in Germany that night, and I think it's the only time we've spent the rest of the game looking at each other in a ground going, "Did you see that? Did you actually save that? Did you actually see that? You know, I mean, it's just something that you don't you don't you don't get that often, you know, and. Uh, for me, the weather Bremen say, but there is so many. But that again, that sums up Alan McGregor. There's so many, as Mark as Martin said just a minute ago. You know, most goalkeepers you can point one or two big saves. I mean, they, I mean they go on about, you know, they go on about Gordon Banks' save from Pelly. 
been the best save ever. The only Gordon Banks save you ever talk about. We've just sat here for an hour talking about Alan McGregor. We've brought up six, seven, eight, diff- eight or nine different saves over a 15-year period, you know, which sums up Alan McGregor. So so hopefully uh, this should be out, on, as I say, should be out on Tuesday. Um, thanks to all the guys for joining me. Hopefully Griggsy gets the night that he deserves on Tuesday night. I'm absolutely ecstatic. I'll be there as well. My daughter's gutted. She can't be there because she's currently working in Camp America and she loves Griggsy to bits. But I know she'll be, she'll be shedding a tear watching it over on America on Rangers TV. Um, so once again, lads, thanks very much for, for uh, indulging me on this one. And we'll speak to you all again very soon. Okay, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are uh, in the world or whenever it is you're listening to this. But this is my um, Alan McGregor moment. Uh, the bits that um, stand out for me. And no doubt, there might be a couple of these repeated from people on, but um, these are what the bits I remember. There's probably loads more that will come to my head as soon as I've stopped doing this, but this is this is what um, sticks out for me. Um, obviously, when he first came into the team, uh, our McGregor, we were all clamouring for McGregor to get the start because it was pretty obvious that uh, Letizzi, who Le Guin had brought in, was properly rubbish. Um, uh, we were clamouring for uh, McGregor to get his chance at that point. Uh, it's like if he's good enough, he's, like, he's a good goalkeeper. We'd send time away. We've seen Johnston and Dunfermline, and we knew he was a decent, a decent keeper. So you know, give youth a chance and get him in. And it's one of the few times that eventually um, the Rangers actually did it and brought McGregor in. And it just goes to show that give youth a chance. And sometimes it's not going to work all the time. Granted, but sometimes. It can actually do some good. So we actually persevered with the youth and we brought him in. And, and, and at a young age, Shagger was the uh, number one goalkeeper at Rangers. So that was the, the first. But I just remember in the clamour to get him to brought into the team. And, and he didn't disappoint in that season, really. Um, uh, something that sticks out games-wise, uh, the run to Manchester in 2008. We were away to Red Star Belgrade. We won the first leg at home, 1-0. Uh, we're away. Uh, in their their stadium, a stadium we've been to a few times over the years. Um, one of the first European adventures I remember was uh, we played Red Star the year they won it when they 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 uh, Chris Waddle missed a penalty in the final, if I remember, or at least I know we were playing for Marseille at the time. Maybe I'm getting the two mixed up with Italian ninety, but anyway, I digress. Uh, we went over there to play, and Shagger just he was save after save after save, making sure that they. they Proper Gandalf style, where they shall not pass. And he had man of the match performance that night, save after save after save, just picking him out of the air, down in the corners. It, it just nothing was going to beat him that night, and he made sure of that. And to be fair, quite a few of these come from a European runs over the years, but uh, uh, they also have the clip that Stephen. I think the first season that Gerard was. Was manager and we were working our way to the Europa League group stage in the first round, like the first one of the few teams to have ever done it. Uh, we played Maribor uh, away, and I don't know if it's if, if it's because we're away from home, but it seems to be when um, Shaga seems to be his best performances for us. Um, Tavares, close range, he's in. Shaga spreads himself in that sort of custom way that Shaga used to do and stops it from. Stops Tavares from scoring in the same game late on. Maribor get a penalty uh, to make it quite tense because I think 
they, you know, the rules confuse me back then. <laughs> sure, they if they score, we were out. I'm, I'm, but I might be mistaken on that. But or at least they were within within one goal of um, away goals, they, which still counted back then. And Chega pulled off a penalty save. That I mean, he's a penalty king, isn't he? Um, and he pulled off that save down low to his right hand side, I believe. And it just something that sticks out for me for that European run was. The, the shag is just so important to us. Um, there've been great saves all over the place. Uh, you, there'd be a few, like I've said. I mean, a lot of mine seem to be now penalties and and in European games. But I mean, the the, the penalty save versus Samaras at Ibrox in the nil nil game. Um, if they if they'd scored it, I think they would have made them favourites to win the league. Um, and then he he pulls off that save, and it wasn't a bad penalty. I mean. It was in the corner, and he got over, and he got down, and he got across, which is not easy. Um, one just just, just um, picking the spots and 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 getting the right way in the first place, but to get down that low into the corner uh, was just fantastic. And the fact that I really dislike Samaras, really dislike him, um, he's just one of those one of those faces that you just if you saw him in public, you'd want to give him a slap, um, but. He's just got one of those faces and his hair and everything about him. And just, I just didn't like him. And there was, I mean, I think I celebrated that more than I've celebrated any goal ever. Uh, but that's the goalkeeper's union for you. Uh, I'm playing in goal as well. I know what it feels like saving penalties and it's brilliant. Um, and then obviously you get the one uh, Celtic Park against, against Christie as well. Uh, but that's probably someone else will be talking about that one more than me. Um, why do you not have Bremen in? I mean, by all intents and purposes, that goal. That was a goal. All ends up how he got across to that and managed to get it up and over. I'll never know. It was just a fantastic save. Uh, one of the ones that sticks out. I mean, I mean, it's akin to to Gorham versus Van Hoydonk. I'll give the edge to Gorham on Van, on, on Van Hoydonk, but that save in Bremen was absolutely fantastic. It's one of those where you just, anybody who's watching it, whether you supported the team, whether you didn't support the team, whether you were a Bremen fan, whether you were... Uh, one of them lot across the road pretending to be a Bremen fan. There's no doubt the words, oh my God, what a save, came out of your mouth. And if they didn't, you're lying. Simple as that. That, that Bremen save was fantastic. So the other things that remind me that for, for Shag, it's not just the saves. It is the man's absolute shithousery that he does. He, he's, he, the man knows how to time waste like nobody I know. He draws players in to get that ball and then picks it up and then does that whole thing where he, but he'll barge into them and make it out like they barged him, and start whinging and moaning at the ref. Um, I mean, the, the what was it, Motherwell, uh, where he didn't do anything for we were one 0 down for so so long, and we managed to get ahead with the the roof and itting goals, and and Shag has not done anything for the best part of uh, eighty minutes, and he's on the floor pretending he's got cramp. Uh, there was another one. Did he get a referee to tie his shoelace up as well for him, or his bootlace up, which is just brilliant? Um, he, 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 his shithousery levels were, were fantastic. Sometimes he didn't get away with it. When you think about uh, Hibbs when he got sent off um, for aiming a kick at the back of the player and then um, pretending that um, it was the other way around, but you know sometimes it didn't work out for him and it was stupid. But most of the time it didn't. It was just hilariously funny. And COVID. During the COVID season, when we had no fans in the ground, the mics were up and you could hear everything. It was brilliant. 
I mean, there's even a a YouTube video uh, where you can you can watch it, and you can hear what he's saying and complaining. As only Shaggy did, and Borna gets it a lot. I mean, for that matter, so did Papa. If you played left back for Rangers, you got it from from McGregor. He didn't like the left back. Borna got it. Um, like I say, Papach used to get it, and he was Mister Reliable. Um, you can only say Borna uh, in the in these videos is brilliant and moaning at referees and telling them the decisions are rubbish and uh, just just Shagger all round. Anyway, that's my uh, little bit for you. Take from it what you will. Eight minutes is enough. Let's move on to the next. Sports Social Podcast Network.